0: Yeah, buddy. Happy Thursday morning. It's the Tropical MBA podcast this week. We're at tropicalmba.com slash why I am joined again by my good friend Damian Thompson from Lynchpin.net. Your last episode on productized services absolutely blew up. You inspired so many people to go out and start businesses to change their business model to turn from consultants into product people. Congratulations. Good, sir.
1: Thanks, man. Thanks. Don't call it a comeback. I'm back. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. This week, we have been challenged by our friend Eric Emsley. He said something that really resonated with me. He said, You know what? My family does not understand what I'm doing, and I have trouble explaining it to them. Can you help me explain to my family what the heck I'm doing? And I thought that's kind of a cool idea because we've both been through this, trying to explain to loved ones what we're doing. And we're going to talk about the fundamental beliefs that we have why that can cause big time conflicts and misunderstandings, and uh, maybe what to do about it. Sounds good. All right, so first I wanna get into some news. We are hiring. So if you wanna come work for my team, help me out with Dynamite Circle and with Tropical MBA podcast and blog and everything, I'd love to hear from you, tropicalmba.com slash why. That's the last I'm gonna say about that, you've got two days, so. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Also, the reaction to last week's podcast, have you listened? You listen. To I him? have. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we put up a survey for the ballers in our community. They came through strong. It's definitely going to happen. It's going to be in May. I'm not going to go on about the details. You look like a happy Another, guy. That's Super, this.
1: super happy about DC Black. Or is that, that my, did I slip the, <laughs> the bag? Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: wow. It's a scoop.
1: He's <laughs> nice. Wow. You're
0: here, here first campers. <laughs> wow. Hey, I got an iTunes review. Oh, by the way, if you wanna fill out that survey, if you're interested, if you have a 500K business or 100K net income with processed people in place, the two Ps, tropicalmba.com slash why. Fill out the survey. I will let you know next week what is going on with that. It's gonna happen. Um, it's going to be an interesting, the idea to get people that are focused on bringing this movement forward. You know, I was listening to some dance rock today. I was listening to Passion Pit in the car today and I was thinking, I saw this coming five years ago, but I didn't do anything about it. You know, I was in a band that failed miserably, but with this whole digital nomad thing, we see it, man. We see what's going to, the next five years is going to look like. And I want to get a group of people together that want to help define that next five years. Not just people that have money, but people that want to be a part of the movement and, and help to define the way forward.
1: I agree. And you know, you're still a rock star. You just don't have an instrument anymore. So, you know, easier access to your audience.
0: Silver Sky says this podcast is the Bitcoin of business podcasts. I think that means it's... Overvalued, hyped, crazy. Volatile. <laughs> shady as well. You can buy drugs for the podcast. (laughs) I found this podcast a few months ago when looking for things to listen to on long haul flights. After listening a few times, I was hooked. I'm already an established entrepreneur, but I still get great ideas from Dan, Ian, and their guests. So thank you so much for the iTunes review. You know, Damien, when we left the Lifestyle Business Podcast brand behind, we lost over 400 five-star reviews. It was sad, but it's this is like fuel for me. It's great going in there and seeing people review the show in iTunes and on Stitcher. So Damien, you ready to get into the heart of this week's episode? I'm ready to go. An uh, homage <laughs> to yeah. Joe and Justin. That's funny, I was like. <laughs> for some reason I was thinking there's something like
1: Jolly you ready? Ignite, I'm ready to light this bitch up. Play <laughs> that classy
0: bass walk. <laughs> All right, Damien, this is is something that I didn't tell you about while we were preparing this episode. I recently got a letter from my friend, Matt Bieber, actually my childhood best buddy, um, never understood what I was doing. You know, I would come home and I'd be like, man, I'm traveling, I'm doing this business thing, and he always just thought I was full of crap. And uh, he went to Harvard, he went to Princeton, he he worked for D.E. Shaw, like, you know, he's like, what's with my Yahoo buddy, with the websites and with the coconuts?
1: Flip-flops and coconuts.
0: Just wasn't into it, man. And he came out to Christmas this year, Ho Chi Minh City, and sent me this, basically a post talking about his experience. So I'm just gonna read it to you, and then we're gonna launch into this whole family, friends, understanding thing. For the first couple of years I heard Dan talk about DC, I thought it was BS. I grew up with the guy and I knew he could get carried away. More than that, that's an understatement. The whole thing sounded like a group of people working the same long hours as their domestic office bound counterparts and consoling themselves with the romanticism of living abroad. There is some of that, for sure. It is romantic and it is.
1: And you can work harder. I work harder now than I do when I work for someone else.
0: Yeah. A bunch of internet marketers who've gotten themselves addicted to the storyline about how they were different. And then I came to Saigon and I met a bunch of DCers. This came at a pivotal moment for me i just quit my dot job teaching to focus on freelance writing, and I was terrified. I'd come to the conclusion that my life wasn't built for anything else and that I had to try this, but I had no idea how to make it work. In other words, finally, he wants to do his own thing, despite the fact that he can pretty much do anybody else's thing he wants right. because he's got those credentials. I shared a bit of my situation with Dan's crew, but I didn't elaborate much. I didn't want to dump my anxieties on a bunch of people I had just met. Amazingly, though, they probed. What kind of writing was I doing? Where was I publishing? Did I have a mailing list, et cetera, et cetera? Most people would respond with a kind of mixture of vague sympathy or generic encouragement, if they encourage at all. Oh, that sounds tough, or you'll get there. The DCers, however, or digital, I mean, I think this is broader entrepreneurs. He's pumping up the DC a little bit, but the DCers were different. They didn't treat my fears as boundaries to some psychological no man's land. Instead, they marched right across and extended a hand into my trench. Nate Ginsburg in particular, Pinterest expert. Uh, If you have any Pinterest traffic requirements, do get in touch with me about Nate Ginsburg. This guy's a boss. Spent- Only
1: player to do worse than me in the basketball tournament.
0: (laughs) 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 Spent an entire Christmas party talking me through each of my forms of resistance. I don't have a particular skill. I don't have enough stamina. I don't have the stomach for marketing, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, He was incredibly helpful. And I realized that this is what's so different about the DC. It doesn't matter so much if these folks sometimes still have to work uh, that resembles what they left behind in the cubicle. And it isn't just that they're in Saigon, Hong Kong or Bali that makes everything better. It's that these people have chosen to be in these places and they're working on their own terms. There's a sense of ownership over what they do and unironic embrace of their wants, desires and curiosity. This was new for me. In the conventional working world, almost everyone I met operates with a vague sense of oppression." Now this is interesting to kind of see somebody at the moment of conversion because this is the kind of attitude that will be problematic for someone like me because it makes me look like a condescending jerk. And right. maybe I am. But this is interesting to see a guy like Matt kind of at the moment of like looking back and saying, wow, everybody seems oppressed. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's the belief that's happening. No matter how much they like their jobs, no matter how much they've committed to their goals, it's still clear that they feel tossed around by larger forces, by the dictates of bosses, the shuddering movements of monolithic organizations, the tidal shifts of an economy at large. This guy can cut a sentence. I'll
1: he's a writer, isn't he?
0: It feels to me like the DCU was built to solve exactly this problem. The sense of anonymity and helplessness that comes with living in modern day economies. Yes, all of those forces are real, but work isn't just a matter of standing on the beach as a tsunami rolls in and stealing ourselves for impact. Stealing ourselves for impact? I never heard that formulation before. (laughs) It can be so, this is what you learn at Harvard, so much more than that. If only we can rediscover our dignity, our agility, our courage and faith in ourselves. There's no better way to do that than spending time around people who've already done it. Matt Bieber from The Wheat and the Chaff. Where's Not the buy now button? I'm buying it. Buy it. <laughs> All right. I just wanted to share that with you because that was a, that's a personal moment. Yeah. I mean, that's my best friend from childhood basically saying Dan's a bullshit artist. I didn't believe him. I didn't buy it. And I can be a little bit of a shill show man, you know? So, I can shellack it on.
1: Yeah, well, and I think
0: dreamer. I think you know. I think I
1: think, you, I think I think I think we all are at some point. I mean, I don't think you follow this if you don't have some fundamental belief in something better or bigger, or belief in yourself. This is this is hard. It's a hard decision to make to kind of go against society's norms.
0: Yes. So I guess uh, let's talk about it then. What our beliefs are, and let's imagine that our friend Eric can take this podcast and send it back to his family members, yes. and maybe we can provide a little bit of you know, uh, meet to the belief system of our tribe, of our movement and help people to understand, like help people like Matt to understand that it's not just us Pumping ourselves up, but there's actually some fundamental beliefs. It's interesting too, you
1: know, and I I understand Eric's problem here. I was—I've been making the calls back home. Um, I mean, I got engaged, so I've been calling all my friends and telling them about it. Congratulations! Applause effect, by the way. uh, So I was calling a good friend of mine I grew up with. I mean, literally, you know, a kid I used to, you know, drink beer in the back of the pickup truck in high school with, and great guy. And I would call like a more a more traditional entrepreneur, like he rose up through the gym ranks, like a sales manager gyms, and now he's actually launching like three or four box shops, these little kind of twenty four hour fitness centers. I mean like building out I mean that's an entrepreneur, right? Yeah. So I'm talking to him on the phone and he's like, I still have no idea what you do. I follow everything you write, but I have no <laughs> idea what you do. And I was like, well if he doesn't get it, then I'm doing a poor job of telling people what I do, aren't I? So yeah.
0: Well we do probably have some fundamental beliefs about the internet that we're not gonna yeah. well we could maybe open some of those up. Let's talk about the first belief that we have. We believe that stability, security and comfort come from a fundamentally different place than what than how we was raised
1: right and I mean I think it's pretty simple I think that we think it comes from us not from someone else so job security i'm shocked that anyone still uses that word those words together and they do i hear it i hear you know you know i've heard people say oh well you don't have health care like you know really that's the reason like i'm we you know, i'm building something here i'll buy my own health care i don't need to go work at walmart cuz they've got good health care yeah. right so that security that that confidence that i'm going to be i'm going to take care of myself better than anyone else kind and this is funny too you know getting a little fundamental american here for a second but you know america has a lot of these core beliefs this idea of you know like the in the rugged individual and pulling yourself up through the bootstraps and doing that kind of stuff but yet they forget a lot of it like you no know, go to school get a degree get a good job with a big company work one, for 40 of, years, one of the things you mentioned
0: is that you believe security comes from having skills enough dave ramsey says this you know you're only as secure as your ability to go out and drag it home every day. And I think one of the things that the traditional path can do is it can neuter you of those skills. We all know the the person who had the same job for 25, 30 years, the secure job, something went wrong, and then they don't have the skills to go out and drag it home. And they're blindsided. That side. terrifies yeah, me. Yeah, they're
1: blindsided. They walked into work one day, and, and half the people are boxing their stuff up. And what's going on? Oh, we got bought out by some other company, and they're shelving this, they're closing down the plant.
0: Yes. And it is difficult when you're in that situation to look at our community and say that we're not scared of those things. It's a weird, it's, it feels good. It feels safe to now people might say, yeah, you're a dreamer. You're delusional. Yes. I know bad things can happen, but I'm actually in the business of adjusting to bad things. Like that's what my business does is we adapt. When Walmart moves out of town, I don't lose my job. I move and follow where it's going. All right.
1: I think it's important, you know, it's funny that we do, we are weirdos and especially this is, I think the way that the clear difference, I think people, the more traditional view of work and working for someone else where they would be absolutely shocked at our behavior is, is if we hear someone decided not to finish university or someone is getting laid off from their job, we actually genuinely feel happy for them. Like, you know, like, I mean, like, Oh, you've removed that decision from the decision matrix. Awesome. Now you know, you got to go out and do your own thing, right? You've got to go, you're forced to make the decision you've been kind of wrestling with for a long time.
0: Number two core belief. We believe that we are on the path to real wealth. And by real wealth, I mean massive, like, you know, middle age to late part of your life, like great retirement, active income every year. We're increasing our chances of having those kinds of outcomes. And that's difficult when you haven't had that outcome yet, convincing others that you're on a legitimate path. And we might not be, some of us. And we, of course, have a lot of role models in our community of people that have found themselves at that real wealth. You know, Ian had this insight the other day that he shared with me about the most common buyers of medium sized small businesses outside of private equity firms, it's ex corporate managers who've sort of built up a little nest egg over the course of their entire career. So people in their 50s, 60s, that kind of, they need income, Right. Because it's hard to get income from the stock market or the interest rates of your savings account are over. And so why don't we buy a small business now for whatever, you know, our savings. And it's kind of a, a hard way to make an easy buck or we're just cutting that whole middle process, 30 year career out of it and going right for the small business right away. And
1: I'd be I'd be surprised if those failure rates weren't huge because, you know, you were a successful insurance executive manager and now you're running a bar. Like, how do you, what do you know about (laughs) running a bar? What do you know about running a a hoagie shop? What do you know about, you know, a a roofing company? You don't know what you're doing, right? So yeah, you learn some skills, you learn how to do spreadsheets, but most small businesses don't run on spreadsheets, right? They run on people and skill set and talent and a specific, you know, business is business is business. You know, are you solving a problem? You know, are you delivering? So, so,
0: so when I think about like talking directly to Eric's family or whatever, it's like. If you're very successful in a traditional career, you're a doctor or you're this corporate guy or girl, uh, you end up at the end of your life finding your way back to what where we're starting. Yes. Which is even if you put your money into the stock market, um, that stock market is then trying to find high growth small businesses, which is what Damien and I are trying to build, which is what your son is trying to build. We are trying to build high growth uh, small assets. I would say even to me, the, the hardest thing for me to learn coming from 15 years in
1: corporate and doing the entrepreneurial thing finally was unlearning some things. And I would say the one thing that I would definitely put you know, our community above your average person would be how we deal with, manage, and view money. So when I made a ton of money, I spent a ton of money plus one <laughs> right. So I, I never had money. I mean, I was making a lot of cash, I was spending it all, because everyone around me was doing the exact same thing. In our yeah. community it's the exact opposite. In our community it's like I mean, I, I'm not a minimalist. I you know, I have stuff, I like stuff, but I definitely I don't own a car that's Brand new because my neighbor yeah. owns one that's two years old, or I haven't. You know, I'm not upgrading my suits. I'm not. I mean, I'm much more practical with cash. And I understand that cash is a tool to build future real wealth.
0: Yeah, I and mean, when people say back home, you know, I have a job that pays me 120 grand. I made 120 grand last year. You're not going to catch anybody saying that in our community. No, you made however much money is in your bank account after you paid taxes, after all that. You probably two two k. Right. You probably made two grand. You probably
1: didn't because you're probably 20 grand in credit card debt. You probably have a
0: mortgage right. <laughs> right. right? all right so this is this is a fundamental belief now we're getting into the condescending yeah. part of ass. fair enough yeah. number three we're condescending assholes no number three we put huge value on our time this is something i mean we're ambitiously lazy people me i love my creative time we talk about the Uh, The interaction between time, income, and mobility. You know, most people just prostitute their time in order to maximize for that income right away. I don't believe that's a great strategy. So I think you're seeing a lot of people that just, they want to be the captain of their own ship. They want to define how they live their lives in terms of their time. And they're willing to sacrifice other things to get it
1: yeah and i think this is interesting i was reading something the other day not about us but our community but more about some of the struggles in the western world now is that it comes from this manufacturing type very much time you go work on this on the on the, you know, the shop floor and you punch a clock and you do your time and you make enough money so you can buy your model T forward and that kind of thing on um, to the information, you know, economy. And when it moves the information economy, it's no longer an equal distribution anymore, right now, it's the people that have, you know, the higher degrees, or the people that have, have filled a, a skill set engineering or math, the STEM guys, right, science, technology, engineering and math, like they have almost an unfair advantage over other people because they've developed this specific skill set and i think it's the same with us like we kind of we cut out a lot of this we don't we don't have a belief that just because we go work on the shop floor for 30 years we're going to be able to retire with the gold watch like we we've seen that not happen enough to say hey i'm not willing i'm more willing to bet on myself than i am on that
0: so i mean this time issue could we could go on forever about that number four we want to be where we want to be in the world right now forever and always we demand that this is like when I think about the, the time issue you know I looked at all the things I wanted to do with my life and a lot of them weren't that expensive a lot of them demanded a ton of time like if you want to learn a new skill or if you want to go live in a new country that's not a income something that income's going to solve for especially the kind of income I mean you know we, maybe mega wealth could solve for that but you know, $100,000 in your bank account is not going to solve for, I want to live in China for six months because you're going to screw up your career, right? Career career is a volatile thing. Well, and I think the magic word here is wealth versus salary, right? I mean, if you've got a salary, you're not going to China for a month because you've got to go into your office every day. Are you familiar with the rich dad, poor dad? By the way, rich dad, poor dad, if you're having trouble understanding what we're doing and you want to You know, if if you're a a parent or a family member or a girlfriend or a boyfriend listening to this, please do pick up Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I do think it's a mindset thing. And and the way he defines wealth in that book is when your income off of the assets that you own is higher than your expenses. I love that. Like, that's wealth, you know, and it might be $2,000 a month. But if you can sit there in your hammock, be ambitiously lazy, own all of your time, no career, no job, nothing, and $2,000 a month is coming your way that's a sweet situation to be in. Then you can start taking control and moving it forward. Well,
1: I think that's a great framework too. It's the, I think that we look at our, our businesses because our businesses are generally just us at the beginning. We look at ourselves almost like a business. So we know the top line isn't that important. We know it's right. all the bottom line. So you can raise revenue or salary, whatever you want to call that. But if all of my expenses don't leave me anything at the bottom, I don't have wealth. I don't have assets I can invest. I
0: mean, we both have friends. I mean, we both have friends who probably are like, you know, they make over $100,000 a year. They're kind of, they're stuck with that. They can't go anywhere because 150 drops to the bottom, it goes away. Right. So they're thinking mortgage, they're thinking apartment complex, they're thinking all this kind of leverage crazy stuff. And they're getting stressed out about like, you know, what's gonna happen in 20 years, 20 years, really? I mean, but if you look at that and you think that that's a situation you wanna be in, I would look at the person who says, owns a portfolio of 15 websites, like the Empire Flippers yep. guys. And those websites generate $2,000 to the bottom line every month. Who, I mean, I think that's the fundamental thing. The people in our community look at that $2,000 and they say, and they look at the hammock and the month that's completely free. Right. And they say, yes. Yeah. Forget that $150,000 job. I want the 2000 Because you know, if you have the month, you can turn it into five. Right. You can turn it into 10. And then the hammock's going to turn into a double wide <laughs> hammock <laughs> with with coconuts coming every, on the everywhere. hour. <laughs> You're going to be reading... Kurt Vonnegut novels in the middle of Wednesday. I mean, this is this is what we're looking for, right? This is the dream.
1: Yeah, but I think it is a bit of a dream. I mean, like, you know... Not for me. It, yeah, yeah, I mean, it is. I mean, it, I agree with everything you said, except for, you know, you get that $2,000 a month by not sitting in a hammock reading Kurt <laughs> all day, right? I mean, you're, you're, you're getting that because you're, yeah, yeah. you know, you're learning skills to build websites or you're learning a skill to to sell your skill to invest in the, the yes. stuff. So, But yes, the idea is though that they are real assets. You get to a point where... You know, it's 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 bigger than just you and your your business is making, it's it's generating revenue and income without you. And that's the magic thing, right? Like your yes. salary, your, you can never replace you with your salary, right? If yes. I don't go to work, if I tell my boss to F off, then, you know, that salary goes away. Yes. And if I can build a revenue stream and I can build people and processes and teams around that revenue stream, yeah. then I can sit in the, in the hammock and read Vonnegut all day long I, and not understand what I'm reading.
0: So, so the fourth point, you know, to get back to it is like yeah. we, we are demanding location independence And, and when I, when I think about my friends and my former self, I had to be in a spot like that's like, I mean, it's an, it's, it's such a difference from this mindset of, of just saying, no, never again will I be somewhere because some random institution demands that I be there. I'm going to be where I want to be forever and always. And if I have to take a short-term pay cut to do that, I sure as hell am, number one. And plus, it's putting me on the path to real wealth. So you can see why we get very religious about this stuff, right, And, and insistent. Right when we taste the Kool-Aid. Yeah,
1: so this is the one that I would double down on. So, well, I think that the kind of laying in the hammock is a little too too far out there. The idea that you can that you're building a skill set, you're building a job, building a company that you can do from anywhere that's powerful to me. That's the thing I really. That's my one of my core beliefs. I mean, the idea of that. There are no vacations anymore. There's no such thing as, I mean, there are vacations you take weekend, vacation is you take some time off work. It's not about where you go because you go wherever you want to go, whenever you want to go. Like that is amazingly powerful to me. Like, So I grew up, I think I talked last time, you know, born in Spain, moved to Australia, parents moved to America. So we traveled a lot when I was a kid, but you know, then my dad got on the career path, my mom got on the career path and we didn't really do that anymore. Right. Right. I mean, so that like they in their soul are really, they're vagabonds. They love doing that, right? They love doing the new country every two years. And that was awesome. Young kids and it was still awesome. But then they got on that ladder and had this in the ladder has to stay still. The ladder doesn't move.
0: Right. Number five, we specialize in specific types of content and inputs. And we sort of move away from more general societal information like news gossip, educational standards. So in other words, I mean, we do get really tribal about this stuff. I mean, that's why we listen to these podcasts. Because, you know, when I was changing my life, I said no to CNN. I said no to Fox News. I said no to whatever election is happening. I said no to Super Bowl. I said no to whatever. All this kind of junk. I just don't care. I don't have a stake. I don't care about who won the Grammy Award. I just don't care. Because now there's information out there that I can put into my system that's gonna allow me to change my life.
1: Yeah, I think this goes back to, I mean, I keep on thinking of, we run ourselves like little mini corporations. So it becomes, if time's an important asset, um, and my attention is a very important asset. Where am I gonna invest my time and attention, right? Where am I gonna take those raw natural, those, those, those raw resources and invest them? And in? am I gonna invest them in watching TMZ and finding out which celebrity got drunk and swung at a cameraman? Or am I gonna learn a new skill that I can then sell to someone else and build real wealth? That's an easy decision to make every day.
0: So let's talk about four difficulties in relationships. Like, so there are tensions because we have these core beliefs, there's tensions that come up. And the first tension, is being a disappointment. So this is very interesting. I was a big disappointment to my family. And I know a lot of people in our communities were when we made the decision. And I continued to be somewhat of a disappointment for many years thereafter because my friends and family didn't understand what I was doing. And they did understand what I was doing previously, I was the vice president of operations of a small business and it was a job and they loved, they thought that was cool. They did not think it was cool that I was like blogging on the internet and that I was trying to do my cat furniture thing and they just didn't know what that was all about. And here's the problem with this is that if you stay in that corporate career, it's kind of like everybody's proud of you for something that's not, Something that you did. It's not your authentic self. If you have that desire to go travel, to be a writer or whatever that is for you, whatever it is that your, your loved one is embarking on, it's a much nicer, it's a much better outcome to be proud of their true self. And I think that that's just such a, it's so difficult being a disappointment.
1: Yeah, I mean, so I, I, this one really resonates. I mean, so I left this, you know, high-level corporate job where my parents were proud of me and bragged about me to everyone. And they could point to Look at that Fortune 500 company. Oh, oh no, Damon doesn't work anymore. He left because he got poached and yeah. someone they doubled his salary and things they understand to, hey, I'm going to go work in some resort in the Philippines for three months. How much are you going to pay? Nothing. I'm just going to work for a room and board to figure out what I want to do next. I mean, it sounds almost hippie-ish. Like, I'm going to go find myself in my yeah. mid-30s. I mean, it's, it sounds selfish and they were. <laughs> super disappointed you know and then i didn't make it home for christmas for the first couple of years i mean so yeah it's a hard thing and i mean it's i i think that sometimes they don't realize that it is hard because it seems so selfish what we're doing like you know like we're stopping this track that they understand they've kind of supported they've kind of helped us pushed us along or have projected in their minds where we're going to go next and said you know no i'm gonna make this about me i want to my true self i want to be selfish which i think we should be but you know and i think that's really hard i think they have they really struggle with that i think
0: Number two, we are, well, you know, in other words, we wouldn't be doing this if we didn't think there was going to be uh, the positive outcome. We didn't be sure. doing it if we didn't think we would become wealthy, if we didn't think it was going to provide us with more stability, wasn't going to help us to travel and to be our more authentic self. So, you know, I mean, that's hard to be confident about that in the face of all the disappointment. But it is, it is nice when they're finally not disappointed. Sure. Um, as my friends and family have been incredibly supportive once, I think it was on me to make it legible and to sure. make it work and you know? make sure
1: it wasn't a dream. And, you know, yeah. I mean? like, I'm a sales guy, so my parents <laughs> have heard the big, you know, pie in guy stories of what I'm going to do and what I'm going to buy and you know, that kind of thing. So once I show them, then it's, then they'll be proud of me again.
0: So. Number two difficulty. We've become a little bit more mercenary in our relationship. So explain this one. This is your point.
1: Yeah. So I think this is important that. You know, I, I think because we now value our time because we ba- value these businesses we're building because we value this life we're building that we no longer have attachments because we're quote unquote supposed to have them like oh just because i grew up with someone doesn't mean they deserve my time and attention anymore and it's that sounds super mercenary but it's you know i find it not even just that it's easy the ones that are negative right the ones that complain about everything and complain about their job and complain about the economy and complain about the president and all that kind of <laughs> good stuff like that's easy to turn them off after time. those just kind of die over time yeah but the friends or family that you, you love and you and you have love for but it's it's hard having these conversations and you know you want to you know, it, we're tribal. We want to talk to people that kind of get it. That we don't have to explain everything to. That we don't get that weird disapproving look about when we say, "Oh, you know, I'm living in the Philippines, building a company." And well, what do you mean you're building? <clears throat> if you're online. What does that mean? You know, well, I do this. Well, I still don't understand what that means. So I think that we get a little more aggressive and mercenary about. Surrounding ourselves with people who are "quote unquote" believers, and I think again, I think that scares them even more because then it looks almost yes. cultish, right? It looks almost like, oh, well, they're just kind of throwing off all these old relationships, and that's scary. They quit their job; they're not friends with Bob anymore. They've been friends with Bob for ten years, and like that's <laughs> even more scary to people, right?
0: So that's related to our number three point, which is we can be totalitarian in our views. So I, I was at, this is the sort of the fundamental question that I was asking myself, which is. You know, this idea of multiplicity or, you know, if you certain religions, they once you believe them, you can't allow for other religious beliefs in like they're totalitarian. It's like once once you buy it, you're in and it's hard to accept other views. And I find myself feeling this way. So it's difficult to talk life and business strategy with people who haven't drank the Kool-Aid. So to speak, because they're not in control, and it can be humiliating. Well, that's it, it the, just, te- the tension, right? Yeah. It's like we, you, you can do something about this, right? You know that, right? You don't. It's like sunk cost fallacy. Like they, they feel like they can't hop on. And, and we don't help
1: them either, right? Because we've become a little sanctimonious about this stuff, too. Like, we you know, yeah. we have drank the Kool-Aid. We do believe. And I think it starts from a place of goodness most of the time. It's like, hey, you don't have to be on the hamster wheel anymore. Like, you know, you don't have to go buy, get a mortgage for a house you really can't afford because that's what you believe or, you know, it's the most important investment you make. You don't have to do that. But they've bought in so deep that it becomes a point of conflict because yes. they have invested too much in this belief set. And it's, I, I we were like in a religion before, you know, not that it's right or wrong, but if someone's an atheist and someone's a devout Christian, there just comes a point where there is no good conversation to have because they're not seeing eye to eye. So
0: it's, there's something different though, which is that it's, there's a sunk cost to it, which is like, I've been on this path for so long. Like I've been selling, I was talking to a guy sold medical uh, equipment, you know, I've been selling this equipment for 10 years now. I'm at the top of the company. I've got a mortgage on a lake in Tahoe, this and that. And it's, it's kind of at that point where they're just, it's like you bring them, you show them the better opportunity or the more sensible opportunity, which is represented by our beliefs, tra- path to true wealth, path to time, path to all this. And they look at that and say, well, that's gonna take me to five to 10 years. I'm to have to start over. And you know what the answer is from our perspective? Start yes, over. Start over. yes. <laughs> yeah. you, 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 you must, and that's, I mean, and, and that's the totalitarian part is that we do believe that. We believe that the doctor should start over, and that makes conversations awkward. It does. Well, it's the whole... Well, now, let me take that back. I don't believe that doctors should start over. Uh,
1: I'm, I'm not so sure. So, I think I, there's some people... Uh, there know. are doctors in the D.C. Well, yeah, and there's the doctor in Thailand. I forget her name, right? Her, her and her husband, they're doing like medical in, things over the, over the yes, internet. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. So, I'm not saying don't throw away your Harvard medical degree. That's yes, ridiculous. Yes, yes, yes. That's yes. your skill set. I mean, I talk about building a skill and then selling a skill. You've got the skill set. Don't become a... Uh, you know, you're going to start making websites for a living. Yes. But find a way to take that skill set you spent, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars and tens of years to build. Absolutely. And find new ways to get out. People the are
0: ground. certainly willing to pay for healthcare. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But I think the other thing problem here is that don't don't yeah don't be a slave to your institution and then come home at night and call some. 35-year-old kid who runs your portfolio, who's got no money himself. Right. Don't, that's, that's the kind of situation right. that we're- that he's re- making his money
1: on the transaction I don't actually give you any good advice. Yes, either. So, yes. But also I think that this is the, the problem and is that yes, you're gonna have to start over and if yes, it's gonna be hard. And people don't wanna accept that. It, it's the whole losing weight thing, right? It's, it's, you know, it took me 20 years to get fat you know but i'm not going to get skinny in two days right <laughs> i mean so yes it means i've got to eat less and i've got to exercise more and that's hard work and every day is oh, i'm only on day four of this or day 10 of this and and it's hard but its value. I mean, that's what it's. It's the same with business. Yes, it's going to be hard. You you rose the corporate ranks. You got this skill set. You have the resume. All these wonderful things. And a lot of that's not going to translate into you making money for yourself. Yeah. And so you got to start over. And you've got to learn again. You've got to put yourself in a state of learning. And you've got to be the noob. And you've got to you know be around people that you are quote unquote smarter than or more ambitious than or whatever that are doing better than you because they've been yeah. doing it longer. But okay. You learn from them. You do the work, and you, and you move on. And again, I think the other thing is that. You don't have. It's not an and or. It can be a you know a, why, a during yes. right. So you're doing your current thing while you're figuring something else Absolutely. out. Now don't and We've all don't done burn it. the don't burn the ships. Yeah. Don't don't you know don't <laughs> sell the house and move into your car. You know nothing like that.
0: So. All right. So you know the final uh, point. The little bit of difficulty, and I think Matt talked about this in his letter, is that I don't know if you've noticed this, but I feel like I used to be really sarcastic and ironic and that now I've become very earnest. Do, do you see something there that can be a little bit of attention? Like I had this experience where I went to a, a tweet up in San Diego and I don't remember exactly how it went down but someone asked me what I did and I told them exactly what I did right. and they thought I was a total jerk.
1: Right. And I. It's funny, you know, I, I looked myself... I,
0: I guess I... I mean, we, I just don't have that kind of ironic detachment from it anymore, you know? I,
1: and I think I think that's... I mean, it is. It's... You know, I'm back to people look at... Like, th- I
0: know we, people come to believe- Tropical NBA and they're like, that's so earnest. It's so... Wow douchey it's right. so well
1: no sorry, i'd say earnest and douchey are different they, they, they,
0: they think it's, it's, du- it's douchey and
1: earnest <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> well, you are a douchebag you know, the, the, the people think it's douchey You're like oh that's fairy dust that's why it's douchey right this guy uh, is, yeah. this is that's the guy that justin showed me the other day the yeah. hater whatever that guy is yeah. so the, the craziness which obviously he hasn't read anything and he's like he's taken one line taken out of context but i think this is the thing like i noticed myself i'm i have a dark sense of humor as you know and i think i'm a pretty funny guy but i'm not as mean as i used to be like when i used to be in the corner that i was mean i mean i would cut you to the bone you know now I'm I'm much I think earnest is a great word like I will talk to people and I really care more about their business and I want to have that conversation it's not that I've become some you know granola eating hippie or something like that it's just that I just I love people that are taking this challenging path and are willing to buck off society's norms and say hey I'm going to try this and you know the more people in the tribe the better and so I think that earnestness comes out it's real it's you know I I love seeing Dave Huss I love the fact that Dave and I kind of got into this thing about the same time and kind of our paths are kind of similar right now. And we both kind of had this huge growth in the last two, three years um, because I know there's other people that are on the same time that are gone now. They're back in the job. They've left. they they tried it. Didn't work. They went back to the job. And so he and I... I mean, you know, he and I share something that I don't share with other people. So like Dave will always get a lot more of my time than other people and I really care about it where you know maybe 2 years ago I'd make fun of Dave for something. Now it's like, "Oh no, you don't understand. Dave's Dave's a baller, right? Dave's yeah. Dave's Dave's on his way. Dave's gonna kill it one day, right?" So I think that just comes from I don't know. It's I I I don't know if it's just it's the the scales fall off your eyes and you realize that, you know, it's a lot of for me I think it was a lot of me uh, over, you know, I was like over adjusting. Like I was unhappy about things. So I didn't, you know, I was a bully. So I took it got other people, right. right. Um, where now I'm pretty happy with where my life is. And I mean, I've got a long way to go. I don't have wealth yet, but I, am on that. It's,
0: path. it's like, the, it's, it's the, maybe the symptom of, of finally being in control and yeah. it, it, it humbles you in a weird way. On the one hand, it like, it's like a lot of things. It's like, you kind of on on the surface if people just glance at you you might look arrogant but there's a more fundamental humility in operation because you know whatever situation you're in you're a big part of of having defined that yeah
1: and i think also yeah i think that's a great point i think the other thing is is and this gets kind of frou-frou but i don't mean it that way it's my you you change i've changed like i was i come from enterprise software where you sold these licenses to customers where really you know you kind of oversold stuff that didn't really work and but this real scarcity mindset. Like, yeah. you know, like either I'm going to win this or my competitor is going to win it and that's all there is to it, right? To realizing that it is an abundance mindset, realizing that there is more than enough opportunity for everybody and that sounds so... Fru-fru hippie to people that are in that scarcity mindset, but it's absolutely true. Now, you have to change your idea. So yes, if we're all going to try to sell white house paint, then maybe there's only a, there's a limited market for white house paint, right? But maybe I'm going to teach you how to apply white house paint and I'm going to teach you how to mix white house paint. I'm going to teach you how to make your own homemade white. I mean, like the the market itself is huge, right? Yes. And you just find new ways to, to approach that market. And that's what's different to me. It's not, you know, a zero-sum game of either, I in order for me to win, you have to lose. I mean,
0: is fundamental belief about wealth you know i I keep coming back to paul graham's image of if you see an old beat up car on the side of the road and you go you polish it all weekend you've just created thousands of dollars or a thousand dollars worth of wealth in the world you didn't take anything from anybody you just went out elbow grease more wealth we'd love to hear what you guys think about challenging relationships we had uh, a nice comment section on our last episode i'd love to hear your challenges what works with you stuff that you've encountered this is an interesting topic for it me is, you actually. Know, I, I feel a little by the way tropicalmba.com <laughs> nice, slash y nice
1: slash I do i feel like
0: we, w-h-y <laughs> not, not the letter y
1: <laughs> we've danced around a little bit uh, uh, for like i'm not sure we've actually helped him i'm not sure that his parents would understand anything as, as good now as they should i mean i think we've helped him and we've we've laid out our points but I think that the biggest problem is, does it really come from a point of of understanding? So do we, uh, is it, if we're trying to justify what we're doing through a different lens, it's never going to happen, right? If it's a pure, if it's really about why, like why, why have you made the decision? What have you done? And I think we've done a great job there of talking about, you know, our fundamental core beliefs. I don't know. I I just, I feel like we've missed something there. Like, I mean, so I I know I think we've missed I think we've missed success. I think that I think that becomes, it's your friend, right? It, it's your family. It's the, you know, there has to be some level of just, hey, believe in him because he's taking this path and he's doing it because he thinks this is the best way for him to build that wealth and that success. And I think unfortunately the proof is in the pudding. And so once Eric has that great success, this conversation kind of becomes moot, right? It kind yeah. of becomes like, hey, you know what? You were right, we were wrong, right? This is awesome. And I'm not sure that goes away until they're right, right? I was joking with you before, I'm 41 years old, and I can my parents worry about me again. You know what I'm saying? Like, they need like to worry about me in my 30s because I was doing the corporate thing, right? I was making more money than them, and everything was awesome, and, you know, flying them, having these crazy expensive dinners and all the rest of it. And now the last couple of years, I've gone off that and do that, so they, now they're worried about me again. Yeah. That's just a really weird dynamic, being a grown-ass man and have your parents worry about you. <laughs> but it's getting less and less and the business is growing there so I say oh there's something real here right yeah. there's, there's something real. I think that they just you gotta plug away if you're having these problems if your family doesn't get what you do you definitely try have them try to listen to this and listen to two sanctimonious tricks talk about how wonderful our community is but you know you know trying to, to understand at the end of the day if they don't understand don't go all amway about it but they don't understand You can't let that discourage you. You just got to do it and you come back one day. And it's never a, hey, hey, I told you so. Look how much money I made last year. But it's it's that great line from Boiler Room. You know, um, you watch boiler room. Of course. Okay. It's a great line from boiler room about, you know, your parents don't understand what you do. Your parents complain about what you're doing now, you know, F them. See what they say when you when you pay their Lexus payment, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so there's some value in that, right? I mean, like the, the validation comes when they say, Hey, you've actually built something sustainable and real and you're living a life and you're happy and you're traveling. And I, like I had your-
0: that chip on my shoulder too. You know, I want to give my parents a killer retirement. That's part right. of what motivates me. me too. You know? And I, I want them to see that. Yes, you made the right decision. So I love that. I love that sure. grit. TopicalMBA.com slash why. Thank you, Damian Thompson from lynchpin.net. Marketing automation is, is your game. If you're interested in that stuff, head on over there and click the big orange atrociously buttons. large <laughs> orange button. And while you're at it, go make a cold call. Go make a cold call. <laughs> All right, Damian. Thank you so much, brother. Always brother. Hey, thanks for listening to the Tropical MBA podcast. You can go to tropicalmba.com, get access to hundreds of back episodes and all kinds of other goodies. Load up your iPod. That is the cheapest way to fly business class on your next international flight. We will see you next Thursday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time.